All right, good morning. So I'm the lucky one who gets to talk about SOS. For those of you who haven't been with us over the last several years, SOS is a youth conference that's put on by the Cincinnati Vineyard. They've been doing this for 20 years now. And at this conference, they said they like youth conferences, but they're not a big fan of the sit and hear conferences. How many of you have been to a sit and hear conference? Yeah, they get to be a little boring and long after a while. Uh, so what they decided to do was to create a, uh, a come, learn, and do conference. And so we actually get to come in. They give us a little bit of teaching, equip us, empower us, and then they send us out into the city of Cincinnati just to love on the people of Cincinnati. And so some of the things, um, as Austin and Sophia are going to give you a testimony about at least one of their events, the first day we get to go to a partner project. So they meet up with... Uh, a number of different groups throughout the city, and our group got to go to a camp that we've been to for the last three years called Camp Hope. It's at a in a very, very poor region of Cincinnati at uh, a Lincoln Heights Elementary School, and they bring children from kindergarten through, like, third grade in there when they don't have a place to go in any other time of the day during the summer when their parents are gone. They're able to feed them. They're able to love on them, and they're able to give them life skills and, uh, and truth, not necessarily biblical truth as we would see it, um, talking specifically about Jesus, but biblical truth, um, even talking about how hummingbirds and relating hummingbirds to their lives and how they can uh, use that as adaptability and to be able to, to kind of go with the flow and change. So we got to go there and just love on some of the students. Uh, then we also have just opportunity to learn about different things that we may not experience before. And so Destiny Rescue came in and they taught us a little bit about uh, trafficking we get time in prayer walks. We get time to do a number of things. And one of the, the specific things the last day that um, Sophie Austin we're going to share about is how many of you guys have ever done a treasure hunt before? A treasure hunt. So SOS loves this experience. In the last uh, three years, they've started to do treasure hunts with the students. And for a lot of folks, they're like, I don't know. They're pretty young. I don't know if they can hear from God like that and go and do it. But let me tell you, they can. And uh, they set it up in such a way that they almost – guarantee that you get an opportunity to to interact with god and so they they set up and they pray about it and they find specific destinations and they release us there and then we were able to go free um so sophie you want to talk about your experience with praying go okay so before we went out for our praying go um we split up into our groups and so we were praying for signs that we would come across and while we were out and where we should go, things like that. And one major thing that, like, pretty much our entire group got was, like, the symbol of holding hands. And so this is why this is – I'll probably cry when I'm talking about this. But um, so we went to uh, Heartland Nursing Home. Austin's group and my group both went there together. And <laughs> that's my brother, if you guys don't know. Anyways, um, So when we got there, um, I kind of got overwhelmed, to be honest, because I didn't know. I had never been put in a situation like that. And what do you say to those people who are dealing with stuff like that and who you've never met before and what do you have in common with them? And so I just kind of opened my heart and walked in, and I was just like, I'm just going to put myself out there. So I encountered a couple people, and then um, I had seen this guy several times in the hallway, and he had made eye contact with me but never said anything. And so I was walking out of a room, and I passed him, and he just kind of looked up at me, and I knew that I needed to talk to him. And so I went over to him and introduced myself, and 
um, asked what his name was. And he had trouble speaking, so he didn't, I could not for the life of me know, figure out what his name was. And I felt so bad because I asked him about three or four times, and I could not figure out what it was. And I asked him how he was doing, and I only got one word out of him, which was, all right. And um, all of a sudden, he well, he was sitting in a wheelchair, and all of a sudden he started to cry. And it wasn't like a little tear. It was like he was bawling his eyes out. And I did not know what to do. So I'm standing there in the middle of the hallway, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, my first instinct was to hold his hand. So I held his hand, and then all of a sudden I just started bawling my eyes out because I just felt his pain inside of me. And so, anyways, okay. So I was holding his hand, and I just didn't know what to say. Like, it wasn't like there was any words being exchanged between the two of us, but I just told him that he didn't need to cry and that everything was going to be okay and um, that God loved him. And uh, and so I was with two other girls that were with me, and um, we asked him if he wanted prayer. And again, he didn't say anything. He just nodded his head yes. And so um, I prayed for him and just reminded him that he wasn't alone and that um, I was so glad that I got to meet him and that I got to encounter him that day and that um, God put him in my life and um, that just God loved him again. And um, I'm still crying like crazy, trying to hold it back because when he realized I was crying, he started crying even more. And um, so I just held his hand and stood there with him for a while and, um, and then just told him how happy I was I got to meet him. And then asked him if I could hug him, and he just nodded his head as he was crying. And so I gave him a hug and then um, walked away, and I just started crying even more walking down the hallway. So. Thank you, Sophie. So, Austin, you had an awesome experience, too. So what were some of the clues that the Lord had given you? Oh, oh. hi, I'm Austin. Um, I, got, I got the clues purple and plaid and glasses. Okay. But, so, but you didn't see that at the nursing home where your sister no, was just no. at, right? So, can you tell me a little bit about where you saw the, yeah. these clues and how that went? Uh, okay, so we, yeah, we we got the clue. Well, I, we went into our separate rooms after, like, when we like split up into our groups before we went out on the pray and go thing. And uh, I got the clues purple and glasses, like I like I just said. Uh, but then when we were on the bus on our way to like the spot that we were going to, I got I was just like plaid, and then they were all like, so, yeah. but um so I got plaid, and then I was just like okay, well these things are like really random. So we the the girls we were with uh, they got the they like were praying and they got farmers market, so we drove uh, to a to a farmers market, and it was really really small and there wasn't a lot of people there, so. They, they were like gave prayer to like a couple people and I didn't feel anything there. I don't think like any of the guys did either. So uh, then we uh, we got on the bus and we went to like a really populated place and uh, it was like Kroger and like Family Dollar and Petco and like Wendy's and all these places. And I was just walking around with our youth leader. His name was Russ uh, from there. And uh, I was just walking around with him and he was just like so place you want to go into and I was just like I don't know I don't feel anything here like it's like we could go into Family Dollar so we walked into Family Dollar and then we walked out um, and then we just were walking around I didn't feel anything and he was like okay well the bus is going to be here in five minutes so we should probably start walking 
down there, and I was like, oh, okay, that stinks. And then, so we were uh, walking uh, along a sidewalk, and then we were, like, walking up this alley, and we turned the corner uh, towards, like, the entrance of Kroger, and right when we turn around the corner, there's a bench there, and there's this man, he's reading a newspaper, he's got glasses on, and then he's got a purple plaid shirt on. And and that's two. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, gotta pray for this dude. And then I was just like, <laughs> I was like, and then and then uh, they were just like, uh, I was just like, we walked like a, a long way past him. And I asked my youth leader, I was like, would it be like insanely awkward if I just turned around? I was like, hey, I like, I had a vision of you. And then uh, but uh, so he was just like, just go for it. And so I turned around and I just walked over there by myself and I just introduced myself, said I was from the Vineyard Church, and I was just like. Uh, I, yeah, we were praying, and I got like, you're wearing the exact outfit that I got in my head, and I was like, that's creepy. And then, uh, so I was like, I, I really wanna, I really wanna pray for you, and I was just like, is there anything that I can pray for you about? And he was just like, oh, you, you wanna pray for me? And I was like, yeah. And he was just like, oh, you could pray for my health. And I was like, okay, what, what happened? And then he was like, well, about three months ago, I had a major heart attack and I almost died. And I said, oh wow, that's, that's crazy. And then he said that he was going to get open heart surgery in two weeks so i was just like rare and and then i was so uh i prayed for him i put a hand on his shoulder and i prayed for him and after i was done praying well basically during the prayer i just asked like for him to like just become like a new person and just be to become healed uh, and he said that he always sits and prays for himself and he said but he had never ever had anyone pray for him in his life and so he said that from now on, he was going to try and make it a daily routine to come to that bench at Kroger just because, like, that was, like, the one spot that anyone had ever done anything for him that big before. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so I want to take a, just a moment to say thank you guys for, for your gifts and your donations to help um, students like these guys get to go to SOS and have their lives changed and impacted by, by the Lord. Uh, the last day as we were about to leave, this young man ran up to me. And he goes, did you pray for a kid last year right over there in that corner who just cried? And I was like, yeah, that was me. And he goes, that was me. He goes, when, when you prayed for me, he said, I don't, I don't know what happened. He said, I never cry. And he said, I couldn't do anything but to hold, just to, to ball on your shoulder. And he said, I was at the lowest moment in my life. And he said, and because of that, he said, my life has totally changed. And I get to come back next year as a leader. And so not only are you impacting these guys' lives, but as leaders, the, those five leaders, as we get to go and we get to serve other students, those other students there get to get changed. And the lives of this man who are sitting on the bench who was just waiting, reading the paper, his life got to get changed. And the man who was sitting there in the wheelchair in the hall, his life got to get changed. And so your seeds sow and then get invested into so many people. So thank you. Awesome. So I took... Um, three uh, men to Costa Rica, and uh, we went with uh, a ministry group called PMV, Pure Vita Missions. It was pretty awesome. Um, Delin, there, the head guy, he really centers it around um, discipleship. And so for the first three days, um, we were there, and we, uh, we sat, and we did a little, a little bit on learning. He, like, uh, preached to us, and we had a lot of quiet time. And we just learned about the culture of Costa Rica and um, just really were able to... Uh, I guess, center ourselves before we went out and did our missions in the mission field. <clears throat> after that, we, um, uh, what did we do after that? After that, we were able to work with the Vineyard Church uh, in Palomares, which uh, the pastor there has actually been to this church and spoke before. Um, so it was kind of neat because I knew who he was. And so it really felt like, like we were connected and stuff. Um, so that church 
had been at their place for eight years, and then two months ago, um, their building owner said, hey, we're selling this building. And so they had, they had two months to be able to get out of that church and find a new place. Um, so they were able to raise enough money to get a lot of land, um, and all they're going to do is put up a circus tent, and then they're going to have church there. But uh, because it's a church, they had to do a whole bunch of things with the government, so they had to have uh, closed-in bathrooms and some other stuff. Um, so we were able to build some septic tanks, uh, plant grass around the place, and help level out land. Um, we did that every day. Um, after that, um, we would either go do servant evangelism in the park and or house-to-house prayer. Um, other than that, uh, I'm going to let Corbin share uh, some parts that some, some things that uh, impacted him. So, Corbin, what was the most interesting thing that you saw in Costa Rica or happened in Costa Rica? I'm Corbin. Um, the most interesting thing that I saw in Costa Rica was working with a vineyard in Paramares. Um, it was really cool to see another vineyard church like that was like here, and they run on the same vineyard standard time, <laughs> if not worse. And the coffee tasted about the same. I, I can say that because my parents made the coffee this morning, so it tasted just as average there. Um, <laughs> but for real, though. Um, but no, that wasn't the whole all of it. Um, it was really good to work with another vineyard church that was in Costa Rica, and it was, I mean, it was over, a little bit overseas, and it was really impactful just to see the people's hearts there and see what the Father was doing there in the same vineyard, uh, or the same, yeah, same church. I think that was really most impactful for me was just to see that. And also we did a lot of house to, some house-to-house prayer, which was really um, impactful for me as well. We got to meet... Um, uh, Christians who are living like in like in in the projects that that were Costa Rican projects, but um, that were living right next to witch doctors, and we got to pray for them and just be with them, and which was it was, it was very encouraging to myself. Yeah, so we were praying house to house, and um, we went up to this one lady's uh, house, and she didn't. Just kind of rejected us, and so we moved on. And so we met these two other women who were living next door, and um, they are both very strong Christians. And we talked with them for about about almost 45 minutes or so. And then after that, um, well, during that, they told us that the woman that was living next door was actually a witch or witch doctor um, for that area. And so we felt that we felt led to go over and pray for her. And so. After um, we left those, the, the house of the two women, we went over to the this witch doctor um, woman, and we just asked to pray for her. And first she was like, she was really, did not like us, actually. But um, I felt, you know, we got to plant some seeds. But, I mean, she did try to call the police on us, so. <laughs> so that was kind of it. Um, when, we, when we went over there, um, uh, we went there and we just said, hey, you know what, we can offer you freedom. And um, we just stood there and we asked to pray for her, but she was really standoffish and she just ran inside the house. So um, we left shortly after. But um, after that exchange, one of the leaders there, Graham, he just had like, uh, um, after encountering that, that was his first time with anything like spiritual warfare or anything um, of another religion that was actually, you know, called on supernatural forces to do things. Um, and he just really sunk into a really big thing of fear. And he was like, you know, this kind of fear is not good, and I really don't know what to do about it. So um, really, um, uh, Graham being able to watch Luke, Nigel, and uh, Corbin 
just walk around in the authority and know that um, those things just, you know, fall at our feet, which um, one of our students had a vision of, uh, you know, uh, something coming at them and just falling right at their feet. Um, it was just really impactful for um, – it was really impactful for Grant because he was like, you know, I'm the leader, but these kids are walking around in the authority of, with the authority of Jesus Christ, and, you know, not, they know that nothing can hurt them. So it was just really impactful in that way too. Why don't you uh, stand for a minute? I just want to pray for these. Um, any um, Anyone else that was at SOS that's here or at um, in Costa Rica, why don't you come forward real quickly if there's anyone else here? <clears throat> just an average uh, week in the life of a high school student, right? <laughs> When's the last time that you were a uh, witch doctor called a police on you? <laughs> it's been weeks since that happened to me. Um, you know... Um, there are people in, in Indianapolis that you walk by every day that are under the power of the enemy. And there are people in Indianapolis that you walk by every day who have never been prayed for in their lives. And there are people in our city who you walk by every day who are, in a sense, mute in their spiritual lives. And they can't communicate. And all they really know is pain. And we walk by them. And that's not to put guilt or condemnation on you. That's just to extend to you the same invitation to extend the kingdom of God that these kids got when we sent them out last week. So I just want to I want to pray for them and bless what God is doing in them and through them. But I also want to pray for us as a people. <clears throat> Obviously, the, uh, these people, uh, there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit says, well, these are just little kids and I'm going to really, you know. No, what these guys did was they stepped out in faith. You know where Jesus hangs out? In places where we step out in faith. So just extend your hand to them and let's pray for them and, and then we'll pray for us. God, we thank you for uh, these that went, uh, these and the dozens others that went with them to Cincinnati and to Costa Rica. We thank you for their faith and their courage. I thank you in the name of Jesus for their authenticity. I thank you for the integrity with which they walk. And Lord, I thank you too for the ways that even through their brokenness and imperfections, you communicate love and power. And so we pray for those that they interacted, Lord, that you would interact with them on a continual basis. Also, Lord, we pray for all that went, that you would uh, seal this work that you've done in them, this boldness, this courage, and this great love. We just ask for a deeper revelation of your love to each of them that we sent. And now, God, as a congregation, would you open our hearts, help us to have eyes open to see the people in our city that are longing for the king of the kingdom to rule and reign in their lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to ask uh, you guys, too, at the end of the service, we'll have a ministry team come forward. If you guys would come forward and be a part of that ministry team, all of you uh, students and leaders. Um, man, if you're looking for prayer this morning, I'd go to one of them. <laughs> I mean, the old people can do it too, but uh, there's just something about seeing God move in front of you in response to your faith that encourages faith. You realize, wow, God's doing something. Um, some of you remember um, a guy named Douglas McIntyre left a couple of years ago. I uh, was a part of this church for a while and, and, and took a time and mentored me. And he spoke on a number of occasions. And uh, you know it's a good speaker when you still remember a, a message given. 
Um, I hope occasionally you remember one of mine. But I remember Douglas getting up here and saying these words, people are waiting on the other side of your obedience. You remember that one? Man, that thing struck me to the core. As I realized that what, uh, what our kids and our leaders experienced was people waiting on the other side of their obedience. Hearing the word from the Lord, hearing the clues, having the faith to go 20 yards past and turn around in an alley and, 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 and confront someone on a bench you've never met before. Having the courage to stop while a man is weeping and just hold his hand and hug him and just be the arms of Jesus. Having the courage and the faith to walk into a home dedicated to the enemy and be willing to announce there is a victor and his name is Jesus. Man, I want that for us. I want that so badly. And I just remind you guys again on the other side of your obedience as the Lord speaks to you. Part of our inheritance is is to hear the Lord's voice. People are waiting right on the other side of that obedience. I pray that's uh, for us this morning. Okay. um, I really wanted to give as much time as possible to hear the testimonies. We'll do it again next service and probably hear some other things. um, Because that's the gospel. You know, Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who hears. We just heard the gospel. Jesus is in the business of freeing people. Um, so that I, I have a few minutes and there is a, a, a scripture that the Lord gave me this morning. We've been reading. Some of you have been reading through the week. Um, the scriptures I gave in the bulletin and on the um, last week, I'm going to be doing that throughout the summer. And the one that captured me this week was from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You, you know what it's like to have special treatment? I mean, you know what that's like? You know how sometimes it's really great to be called out and to be special? Other times, not so great. I remember when I was a high school student, I was uh, asked by a friend from another city to go on a ski trip in Colorado. It was a great privilege. And on that ski trip, um, some of the kids <clears throat> made some really bad choices. There may or may not have been alcohol involved. And I may or may not have been one of those kids. And uh, at one point, just, I mean, so contrary to what we just heard, (laughs) as a 16-year-old, you know, I'm out there and we're all, think we're cool and we're drinking and we're at this sort of campground, start throwing these tables into a river. How randomly stupid is that? (laughs) But when you're 16, you're like, whoa, throw tables in the river? Okay. So uh, we threw a bunch of tables in the river and we go back to the hotel room where we're staying. And um, about 10 minutes later, there's a knock on the door. Men in blue guns. <laughs> there's about 12 kids in the room, you know, and, and they came in. They said, hey, we just got a, a report from some a neighbor that, you know, there was some vandalism. And he's looking around the room. He, he, he points at this big group of kids and he says, you guys can go. And then I'm just standing up about ready to go like, man, I just barely got that one. And he says, except you. And you. He points to me and that dirty rat, Jim Bechtold, who's also a pastor. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Jim and I got special treatment because for some dumb reason I chose to wear a red shirt. I'm partial to black these days. We got special treatment. The policeman said, you, they saw you guys. And as a result of what you've done, um, we're sending you home. We, We lost half the trip. Uh, because of bad choices. 
special treatment isn't always fun. Sometimes you don't like to be singled out. But sometimes you like special treatment, right? Sometimes favor is all grace and good. Sometimes favor shows what you absolutely don't deserve. A couple of years ago, we were in Chicago. My wife, my kids and I, we were staying at a hotel. Someone had given us a hotel room, downtown Chicago, and we think we're pretty cool, you know. We went into this hotel room, and we were on the second floor, the third floor, I don't know. And, and we, um, we went in, and we're at the, uh, the desk checking in. And I happened to have spent one summer living in Romania about 200 years ago. And so I know a few phrases of Romanian. And so when I got up to the desk, I saw this man. He had a Romanian name tag on. So I said, in Romanian, like one of my phrases, I said, are you Romanian? The guy's eyes light up. He starts blabbering in Romanian to me. I don't understand a word he's saying, but I did throw in there, God bless you very much, you know. As a result of that, the guy says, here's your room key. And he looks around like this. He says, here's the key to the 16th floor. On the 16th floor, there's food and drink as much as you want all day long. That's favor. My kids are like, Dad, you are it. <laughs> now they know better. <clears throat> Being singled out is often a great mark of grace. Being special. I say, you know what? We're God's favorite, every single one of us. And Paul would say the same thing. Sometimes the favor of God is the grace to walk through difficulty for being a child of God. And that's what we see in this passage. I just want to take a few minutes to read through it. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is God's word. Paul writing, he says, As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace. That word is favor. Not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Hear that this morning. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Now here's Paul's description of the time of God's favor. Ready? Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger. Who wants God's favor? In purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, Bad report and good report. Genuine, yet regarded as imposters. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Some people would say that the fact that Jesus gives us grace and that the favor of God is on us That, in fact, you know, Luke 14, Jesus says, um, I announce the year of the Lord's favor. God is looking favorably upon his people now. Some people would say that the favor of God is only for heaven. You know, those are the people on the back of their car. It says, life's hard, then you die. 
Some people say God's grace and favor is only for heaven. We don't get it here. It's just difficulty and struggle. We see that in the passage. Some would say only favor and grace are here in this life. We should never have trouble. We should experience heaven on earth every single day. I think Jesus would have something to say about that. Because Jesus walked through a life, his life, perfectly to show us what a life perfectly connected to God looks like. And Jesus' experience was joy and sorrow, was glory and dishonor, was incredible power and incredible struggle, was the love of God and the hatred of men. So I'm here to encourage you this morning. Now is the time of God's favor. And God's favor doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. God's favor means that the perfect God is with you no matter what. Some people this morning right now are in that time of God's favor where, man, everything's going your way. You just wake up with joy. Your family's doing well. Your relationships are strong. Your finances are good. And you're just rejoicing day by day. Praise God. Lay hands on the rest of us when you're done. Some of you are in a time of God's favor that takes you through struggle, through difficulty. You're feeling imprisoned. You're feeling beaten. You're feeling dishonored. You're feeling weak. You feel like you're about to die, and yet you're living by God's grace. You feel poor, and yet you're able to make others rich by God's grace. What's Paul say at the very end? You feel like you have nothing. But in fact, you have everything. Graham Cook has a great quote. Says this. Can you find Graham Cook in there somewhere, Mike? God is faithful. From this day on, for you, there is no such thing as a good day or a bad day. This is brilliant. There's no such thing as a good day or a bad day. There is only a day of grace. There's only the day of God's favor. And some days the grace of God allows you to enjoy what is happening. We love those. And some days the grace of God allows you to endure what is happening. But don't think about good and bad anymore. Just enjoy the grace that is present. The grace that is present. You're in the time of God's favor. God looks at you and when he sees Jesus, he sees perfection. He sees wholeness. He sees holiness. He sees purity flames of fiery divine love in the eyes of God when he looks to you and tears that come from the heart of God when he sees your struggle and your difficulty but for the days of glory and the days of difficulty all is a day of grace John Wimber founder of the vineyard movement said that he's got a great quote he just says it this way all is grace all is grace When God gives us the times of joy, it's grace. When God allows the times of difficulty, it's still the grace of God present with us to carry us through it. Some of you may have heard, um, we got news on uh, Friday, um, the Eddie and Margaret Matthews and their children, Grace and Glory and Michael, they had just left for vacation. Um, Margaret's one of our elders. Eddie's on the uh, worship team. They had just left for vacation and about two hours into their trip on Friday, they got a call from their neighbor. Their house was on fire. 
and a great deal of the house burned down. They won't be able to live in it for a long time. Um, they went back. They saw what's going on. They you know, took care of what they needed. And they didn't have any place to stay. They, went, they left again. They went on vacation. They had a place to stay. <laughs> and um, we talked to them yesterday. And I said, do, do you want me to share anything with the church tomorrow? I mean, this is a struggle. I mean, their, their kids are small. Grace is, I don't, I don't remember. Grace is 10, 11. They're, they're, the younger kids, 5, 6. I'm completely off, I'm sure. But <clears throat> that's hard to lose things that at that age are of such value. As parents, to lose things, pictures, etc. Their dog didn't make it. I mean, that's just pain and difficulty. And so we were on the phone with them last night. What should we say? And they said, you know, just tell them that God's goodness is powerful. They've been embraced by people in the church. They're getting offers of help and places to stay. They're on vacation with their family. And one of the things that Eddie, Eddie put a Facebook post. I didn't write it down, but he sent it to me in an email this morning. He basically said... <clears throat> Encourage people to remember that when everything else is gone, love remains. Love remains. Because there's Eddie with his family all intact, with his extended family in a beautiful vacation spot, soaking in what is ultimately the most important gift from God, love. The love of God himself expressed in Jesus the love expressed between husband and wife, parents and children, siblings to sibling. He just said, tell everybody God is good. And they told us that through tears because there's still the reality of loss. There's still the reality of difficulty. But could we get the message this morning that even in that, all is grace. That's a difficult day that happens on Friday, that happened on Friday to them. It's not a bad day. It's a day of grace. You know what happened? Their eyes were opened to the ultimate reality, to what's most important. Man, if we can stand, as Paul says, if we can stand in that grace, that unmerited favor given to us by God through Jesus, all is grace. Where do you need the favor of God in your life this morning? Are you in that rejoicing time this morning where God's just filling you with joy? You're seeing power. You're experiencing love. Or is this a season of favor where God's giving you grace to endure difficulty, struggle? Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. God is good. He gives his own presence and he gives his people and his presence through his people. Your season of grace might look different than my season of grace. You know what I say? Let's stop looking at each other's seasons of grace. Let's stop comparing our seasons of grace. The Bible says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep because there's grace in both. That's our gift. That's why God, the scriptures in the Psalms says, God sets the lonely in families. It's what the church is all about, being the family of God. You share the grace when it's glorious, and you receive the grace from others when you need it to endure. That's what the family of God is about. Days of glory and days of endurance, and the ever-present strength and power of Jesus in the midst of it. No reason to fear. 
nothing to complain about, grace to laugh and rejoice, grace to mourn and to weep. The favor of God is on us. That favor might be calling you back to a pathway of purity and peace, or that favor may be urging you on to a life of faith in response to what God's doing. You know, we're, we're grace pushers. Because not only do we receive the grace of God, but we spill it out everywhere we go. That's what our kids did this last week. That's what we get to do day after day, is just let the grace of God, which never fails, spill out everywhere we go. Let's pray. Would you stand with me? Communion servers, you can come forward. If you just want to accept the favor of God in your life right now, just put your hands out like this. God... We accept the truth of the scripture. Now is the time of God's favor. I think there may be for some of us this morning an invitation to repentance. You've looked at something going on in your life. You've attributed it to the enemy. And it may very well be an evil thing from the enemy. But you've been angry at God about it. And it's time this morning to recognize that the favor, the grace of God is in the midst of it for you. And your invitation is just this. You just pray just like this. God, I'm sorry. I repent for blaming you for the evil in my life. And this morning I receive once again your favor, your grace, your mercy, your love, and your power. Holy Spirit, come and cleanse me now. Drive away bitterness and resentment, anger and malice. And Holy Spirit, release the kingdom of God within me. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive those this morning. All your grace. We receive this morning the body of Jesus broken for us because of grace. We receive this morning the blood of Christ spilled for us because it's the time of your favor. We receive again cleansing, forgiveness, healing, and wholeness because it's the time of your favor. Thank you in Jesus' name. I was able to be uh, at SOS this week with uh, the kids, and uh, yeah, we had a great time. Austin was in the house. I have five guys. Actually, we started out with three, uh, but uh, uh, about two o'clock in the morning, um, the second day there, a lady called. She goes, Barry? And I said, yes. She said, it's Terry. I said, Terry, how are you? She said, I have a couple of your kids, and you need to get them right now because I've got like seven cats and they have severe allergies so you need to just come get them right now she said just get your host leader get his van bring them to your house I'm sure he'll understand so I called I said Terry it's not my van it's not my house I'm going to come and get those kids somehow but I need to make sure that I talk to the host guy and he, I woke him up we were able to get the kids 
but one of the things that um, uh, that you don't know about is every uh, every morning we had a leader meeting and uh, the leaders would actually get together and say we're getting ready to send the kids out and there's a good chance that we may have some disasters um, they've had situations where and even that week um, during the water bottle giveaway you know some guy you know threw a banana peel at one of the kids I thought man I wish I would have got a banana peel you know um, there was another guy that actually uh, came in filed a police report and was going to sue the people at the vineyard because a kid ruined his car because a drop of water got on the interior of his car whenever he was getting the water bottle. Um, the free car washes we did, uh, there were times when kids would pick up like a, they'd have a rag thrown on the ground and it got rocks all over it. And then they would actually go to wash the car. And guess what? The, the church or the SOS and the vineyard had to pay for a paint job. But what was cool about all that is they said, we don't care. We don't care how much stuff gets broken. We don't care how much stuff gets destroyed. We don't care how many disasters there are. The good is going to outweigh all of that. And I really, really sensed that even as Randy was sharing, that those were days of grace. Even when kids were having, you know, bad experiences, we were able to come around them. And I just thought as a church, we want to continue to have that heart to see let's risk big, you know, and let's support life. And uh, so we want to actually have a chance. I want to bring back everyone that was up here to actually be a part of the ministry teams. And uh, if you're on the prayer teams, come on up. Uh, we just want to pray for you. And so I really feel like um, one of the things I would like to do is, is just uh, continue to have, um, if, if you're feeling like even as someone older, I had a really good time on the Senior Citizen Day because I was closer to the age of the people there. Uh, I was having a good time with them. But on the day that we actually went to uh, do Camp Hope, you know, I was doing double dutch with the girls doing skip rope. So, you know, I was keeping up. I'm really glad I didn't die. Uh, so it was all good. But, uh, but if you even feel like, hey, I just would like to risk again. And, and at this point, I'd just say, I'm one of the new pastors here. We're not, we're not afraid of stuff getting broken. It's like, go out there. You've got our support. Uh, and, but if you're feeling like, oh, let's not, that stuff's risky. Well, I say risk and, and get some prayer for that. Okay. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time of favor that we're in. Thank you that today is the day of salvation. I ask Holy Spirit, come now and bring your, uh, bring your grace upon us. Lord, we ask for renewed courage, renewed faith open eyes to see and Lord even grace to, to fill in our mistakes and our screw ups I just see the Lord right now it's like, I, uh, it's like I'm seeing our past and the Lord is filling our past with love and he's leading us with love so you don't look to the past to fear the future God is gracious in the present and he's leading you with love Amen if you'd like prayer this morning, please come forward. Have someone pray for you. If you just want to be in God's presence for a while, that's too. Uh, that's great too. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And remember, God's favor is upon you. Have a great day.